entertain our kids and their cousins will get together in, in the kitchen and they will they will bake a Christmas cake I mean a Christmas cake a birthday cake for Jesus and they will make this birthday cake and put candles on it and then you know sing happy birthday to Jesus or something like that and and so we have this you know birthday party type thing for Jesus. And listen, I know that in, in theory, and I've had these conversations with people, I know that in theory, you know, really December 25th is not really, um, you know, the actual birthday of Jesus. Um, you know, because we really don't know the actual day or the exact day that Jesus was born. We know, we, we, we don't even know if we know the exact year. I mean, we know like a, a roundabout type time, you know, and, um, and so, uh, you know, we, we, we may know like a seed, for example. So when you read some of the stuff that's happening, you see that people are like cold and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I know sometimes you think, what do you mean we don't know when Jesus was born? I have to be like on year zero, <clears throat> right? I mean, it's because it's before Christ and after death. Well, I mean, you can't, that doesn't really work that way because if it's before Christ, like, and that's year zero, and after death is also like 1 AD, and it's after, then it's Jesus died when he was 33, not when he was like zero, you know, or like one year. That's the one. All right, so it, that is, it doesn't really work like that, all right? But um, we don't really know the exact date, but it doesn't, doesn't change what it is that we're doing. It doesn't change the meaning of what we're doing. I know. That there are there are many times, uh, you know, as parents with our kids, that we have birthday parties for our children on days that's not their actual birthday, but it doesn't actually change the significance of the party that we're having, right? I mean, the significance isn't like, well, it's not your birthday, but we're having birthday parties. It don't really mean the same thing. I mean, no, we're we're actually still celebrating their birthday on a day that's not really their actual birthday. And it's just as fine, it's just as all the same because we're still celebrating the birth of that child and their importance and how much we appreciate them and all of those kinds of things. And so, you know, here we are this time of the year on uh, December 25th, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And whether it's his actual birthday or not, it doesn't change the significance behind why it is that we're celebrating Jesus being born. And so... Christmas is a party. It's a party. It's the reason why we say Merry Christmas to one another, right? Merry Christmas. Even last night when we were uh, walking down Highway 31 through Calera and there were hundreds of people around us, okay, you were constantly saying Merry Christmas to a bunch of people you didn't even know. You know, you're throwing candy and handing out tracts and seeing all these people and it's Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas because Christmas is a, is a party. It's a party. You know, I heard a, a survey once and that's one of the you know, reasons why we had the video that we did just to add some humor and some thought here. But there was a survey one time um, that was asking people, you know, why they were celebrating Christmas. Why are you celebrating Christmas? The answers, you know, obviously not everybody's going to say the same thing. 
and they ranged from person to person. But here are some of the answers that they got in surveying people why they're celebrating Christmas. Um, I'm celebrating Christmas because I made it through another year, right? I made it. I'm celebrating Christmas um, by being home with my family. I'm celebrating Christmas because I got a Christmas bonus. I'm celebrating Christmas because my son has come home from being deployed overseas. I'm celebrating Christmas because the candidate that I voted for got elected. I'm celebrating Christmas because I finished all my shopping. And some say I'm not really celebrating anything. I'm just trying to survive. And there's lots of different reasons why people will, you know, when asked what is it that they are celebrating during the Christmas uh, time is there's lots of different reasons why people may say that, you know, I'm celebrating. If you were to ask kids, you would probably get a lot of like, you know, the presents under the tree. What do you mean? I mean, isn't it obvious, right? I mean, so there's lots of different reasons why we can celebrate, say that we are celebrating Christmas, and maybe they're not all for the reasons we should be celebrating Christmas. You know, when you look here in, uh, uh, in the Bible, one of the main things that we see in the Christmas story is celebrations. When you look at the Christmas story surrounding the birth of baby Jesus, I mean, there's a lot to take in, but we see some, we see a lot of celebrating going on. All right, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, uh, the angels, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, okay? I bring you good news that's going to produce great joy, and it's going to be for all people. It was something to celebrate, something to celebrate, <clears throat> The reason why it is worth celebrating is because it is personal, okay? I bring you good news. It is po I, said, I bring you something. It is positive. That means it is good news, and it is universal. That means it's for all people. So it is for you, personal. It is good news. It's positive, and it's for everybody. It's not an exclusive thing. It's not something that's just for a couple people over here. It's not just for the rich. It's not just for the poor. It's not just for the politicians. It's not for the prestigious or any of those kinds of things. No, it's going to be for all of us, every single one of us. And is, that's the reason why it's worth celebrating is because it's, it's personal, it's positive, and it's universal. And this news was good. It was good news. And the reason why it was good news is because of three things. Three things. The reason why it was good news is because of three things. Number one, God loves you. It's good news because God loves you. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, this is the incarnation, this, this moment that Jesus, God became a man. It's called the incarnation, that God became one of us so that, 
so that we could understand what he is really like. God became one of us so that we could fully understand what he is really like. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send a prophet. He didn't send an ambassador. He didn't send a representative. Even though that there are times throughout Scripture where he does send those things, ultimately in the end, God doesn't send another person to come tell us that he loves us. He comes himself. But isn't that the way that it's generally done anyways, right? I mean, uh, if you want to tell somebody you love them, you do it yourself. I mean, unless you're like in the sixth grade, right? I mean, because in the sixth grade, we don't really know how to handle that, right? So we like get out a sheet of paper, hey, I really like you, do you like me, yes or no? And we get like best friend to go hand it off and bring it back, okay? Or... We just talk to our friends, and then our friends go talk to the person. They go relay the message like, hey, you know, and like, then they bring the message back, and it's like, okay, so I don't know. That's kind of awkward and stuff. Um, but if you, I mean, right? Am I, am I right or am I wrong? Things change as you get older and you're more mature. You understand that if you want somebody to know that you love them, what are you going to do? You're going to go tell them yourself, right? You're going to go tell them yourself. You're not going to send somebody else to do your job for you, right? You're going to go tell them yourself. And uh, this is what God did. God came to tell us himself. He came to tell us himself. In Psalms 145.9, it says, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion. He has compassion on all that he has made. The Lord is good to all, and he has compassion on all that he has made. If God didn't want to love something, he wouldn't have created it. If God didn't want to love something, he wouldn't have created it in the first place because the Bible says that he has compassion on all that he has made. So that means everything, okay, everything that God has made, everything that he has made in this universe, he loves and he has compassion for, okay? He has compassion for. And that means you as okay, every single one of us, all right? So we understand this, that, that if you were made by God, and you were, okay, then the Bible says that God loves you. Because if God didn't want to love something, that he just wouldn't have made it. Because scripture tells us here that he has compassion, love, and, and, and all the okay, positive, good feelings towards all of his creation, everything that he has made. You were created as an object of God's love. You were created as an object of God's love. No matter what you've experienced here on this earth because of other people, it doesn't change the way that God sees you. It doesn't change the way God views you. Okay, you were created as an object of love. You know, there are... Um, it is possible for there to be accidental parents, right? 
you accidentally become a parent because you didn't mean to get pregnant. But there is no such thing as accidental people. Because the Bible says this, but before he formed you, he knew you. Okay? Before he formed you in the mother's womb, he already knew you. So there is no such thing as an accidental person. There may be accidental parents, but no such thing as an accidental person because God doesn't create accidents. And he knew you and he formed you before your parents even knew about you. You were formed and you were perfect. And God did that for you. So he comes to us in the form of a baby. He grew into a man. He modeled before us what it looks like to be close to God, to walk with God. He modeled before us, and then he stretched his arms out on the cross for us. He stretched his arms out on the cross for us. This is something that uh, uh, we've done at some level with all of our kids when they're really young, especially around Skylar's age now. They're two years old, right? And you, you've probably done this before. And you're, you know, just talking to your kids, like, hey, I love you. You know how much I love you? Right? This much. Right? You ever done that, right? I mean, my kids, how much you love? This much. Like, oh, thank you. So when the Romans took Jesus and he stretched his arms out as wide as they could on that cross, Jesus was saying, I love you this much. I love you this much. This is how much I love you. The reason why Christmas is a party, is a celebration, is because God loves you. God loved you enough to give his son. And just like the guy that was here on the video, I, 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 don't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't give one of my sons. But God did because he loves us. The second reason is, is because God is with you. The second reason why Christmas is a party is because God is with you. As sad as it may seem, there are many people, even at Christmas time, who feel alone. Uh, you know, one of the things that is interesting about our society today and our world today, um, according to surveys that have taken place over the course of, of years, uh, we find now that there are more people alive on, on earth than as far as what we understand that has ever been. Uh, we live closer to other people now than we probably ever have before, right? Uh, and, and yet, according to surveys about people and their, their place and their position in life, uh, there are more people that feel alone in our world today than probably ever before. We are surrounded by more people. We live in closer proximity to more people. People are around us everywhere we go. 
and yet more people feel alone today than ever before. And it doesn't change at Christmas time, does it? Sometimes it can get worse, right? If you lost a loved one during the year and, and now they're not here uh, when you're, you've been used to seeing them uh, during this time of the year and, and it can kind of create a void sometimes in your life or a hole or something that's there missing. And, and here are the things about, about God is that um, uh, even though you feel alone, whether or not God is with you has nothing to do with your feelings. Okay? Whether or not God is with you has nothing to do with how you feel. Uh, and feelings, for the most part, and we've talked about this, feelings for the most part, are, are generally a very bad determining factor of your faith. If, you, if your faith is determined greatly by how you feel in the moment, then your faith is going to be extremely uh, weak. And I say weak is probably a bad word, but susceptible. We'll just say it like this. Okay, because feelings are, are just so up and down, right? They're just so up and down. Who, who feels like doing the right thing all the time? I mean, you know, you know it's, I, I remember back in the day, I, I used to, when I was a kid, I, I, I say a kid, a teenager, I used to like to run and spend a lot of time running. And now I don't run anymore because it just hurts my, my foot and, and my knees too much. There was a time where I stopped running for a while, then I said, you know what, I'm going to get back into it. And, and I... Uh, I want to train for a 5K, and I kind of set aside this plan that I was going to do to, to go train. And um, so, you know, the, the early, when you ever establish a goal in your life like this, you know, like a New Year's resolution we're coming up on, you establish a goal like I'm going to do this, okay? Initially, you, you find motivation. Initially, you're motivated to kind of follow along with that path. But somewhere along the journey, you're going to lose that, that feeling. You're going to lose that inner drive and feeling to want to kind of accomplish that goal. All right? And so somewhere along the way, you're going to have to do what you don't really feel like doing to get to where you want to be. And it happened that way with me too. The first couple of times I ran, I, like, I was like, oh yeah, they're going to do this. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to hurt, I'm gonna cramp, I just don't... But listen, what, what, usually what happened is I would lace up my shoes anyways. I would go out and stretch and I'd start running. After a few minutes of running, I'm like, all right, man, I feel like running now. Right? Because my feelings were a terrible barometer as to what I should be doing. Right? And it's the same in our, our life as well. Um, you generally probably won't ever really feel like praying but the Bible says pray without ceasing. You sometimes you're going to come in here on Sunday mornings and you're not going to feel like worshiping. But guess what? Worship ain't about you. It's not about how you feel. So you worship anyways. Look, I can tell you when I come here on Sunday mornings, about half the time I come here I don't feel like worshiping. All right? But it's not about me. So my, I worship anyways because my worship is going to be consistent. It's not going to be determined by how I feel in the moment. Because it's not about me in the first place. So generally, a lot of times in your life, you're not going to feel like doing the right thing. Or you're not going to have the right feelings in your life that are going to line up with what it is that you should have faith in. And it's the same way with this, okay? Um, you know, that you, you may feel alone. You may have certain aspects of life you feel alone, all right? But your, your feelings of being alone are generally a terrible barometer as to 
what, you know, how you think. And, and we know this, that God is with us. God is with you. In Psalms 139.7, it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? In other words, telling us that there's nowhere we can go to get away from God. There's nowhere we can go to get away from his presence. One of the names that was given to God is Emmanuel. And Emmanuel, you see, whenever God is, was given a name, it, it is an attribute of, of what he is like, right? Jehovah Jireh means he is our provider. Okay? So it goes through all of these names that God has given uh, throughout the course of the Bible to, to help us understand certain attributes about God. And, and here's one of them that we get. It's, it's Emmanuel, and it means God is with us. It means that God is with you. He's with you. Even when you don't feel like, he's with you. And you may have felt abandoned in life. You may have experienced rejection from other people. Um, you know, uh, friends, family members, coworkers may have experienced rejection at some level. Um, all of us at one point or another has probably felt and experienced the pain of rejection. However, God has not abandoned you and he never will. He never will. In Isaiah 43, 2, he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk in the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. He's saying, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And that gives us reason to celebrate. Is because God's not going to leave you. Didn't Jesus tell us that before he left? And lo, I will be with you always until the end of the age. I'll be with you always. And the third reason to celebrate is that God is for you. God loves you. God is with you. And God is for you. God is for you. When Jesus had his, you know, when, when you look at in, in, in the scriptures and Jesus was walking, you remember the reason why God came was to show us what he was like, right? Right? And so when he's walking around in the New Testament and he's talking to all of these people and he's ex encountering all of these people, he's, uh, <clears throat> he, he, he's having these conversations in a lot when Jesus is having these conversations with these people, what is it that he asked? What is it? Do you remember? Um, what is it that he asked them? They'll be calling his name, calling his name. Even the disciples would be like, hey, leave him alone. What are you doing? And Jesus turned around and something would happen. And Jesus would say this. He would say, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do? For you. Even at communion that we took this morning, right? We break the bread and Jesus said, this is my body which was broken for you. 
that God is for you. He's for you. In Romans 8, 31, it says that if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? I think sometimes there can be moments in our lives where we subconsciously believe that, uh, that God is out to get us. He's out to get us. He is, um, he's kind of like this, the crazy overseer that's watching over us to just wait for you to mess up, to wait for you to slip and fall so he can just whack you over the top of the head, you know, with a big old ring on his finger, pop. Like God is, he's, he's waiting for us to slip. He's waiting for us to uh, to, to mess up. Uh, but the truth is, when you look throughout the scripture and everything, we see that, that God doesn't want us to be running from him. He wants us to be running to him. When, when Adam he went and hid. Now God showed up, Adam did not. All right? God showed up at his normal place, his normal time, at all this kind of stuff. Adam's the one that went and hid. And that's what sometimes sin will do to us. It'll give us this idea that we need to go and hide from God. We need to go hide from him. Right? That we need to go run and hide uh, if we listen to that voice. And, and a lot of it's, you know, for, for what, one reason or another, you know, there's lots of stuff going on there. But we see this in Adam. He went and hid, and God was like, why are you hiding from me? Are you hiding from me? God doesn't want us to be running from him. He wants us to be running to him. When the, when the prodigal son disrespected his father, took a half of his inheritance before his father had even died, and just did all these incredible things, Jesus shows us what the, the mentality of the father is. And he, he obviously didn't want to see his son leave, but his son went and he did his own thing and he squandered everything that he had and he did all of these kinds of things. And the son said, I'm going to return home. Okay? And the father didn't meet him at the gate and say, well, are you really sorry for what you did? Do you know how you embarrassed me in front of all of my friends, in front of our family, and any of those kinds of things? No, we, we know that there's, there's, so Jesus giving us a great idea of what the father looks like, that when the son decided he wanted to return home, the father went running to meet him out there, and there were no questions asked, okay? It was a huge embrace and a celebration because the son had returned home, because God wants us to be coming to him, not running away from him. Because he's for us, not against us. The reasons why we run, Rob, if you'll come. The reasons why we run is because of fear. If we decide that we want to run, it's because there's fear. And the primary source of that fear can come from a couple different places. Um, one of it can be a guilty conscience. You're just guilty. It's 
what Adam did. All right? It's not like Adam believed that he was right in what he did. He knew he was wrong. And he was afraid of how God was going to respond because of the guilty conscience that was on the inside of us. And one of the reasons why we run from God sometimes is because we have a guilty conscience. And we'll run. I think it's D.L. Moody that said one time that sin will cause a man to cease from praying or prayer will cause a man to cease from sinning. When we sin and when we live in that lifestyle and we do things that we shouldn't do, it causes us to run. Okay? Run, not so much physically like Adam did, but we run spiritually. We disconnect. We may be in church. We may be serving in the church. We may be doing all kinds of crazy stuff, but we still disconnect. We unplug because we got a guilty conscience. And we run. Another reason why we may run is because of ignorance of what God is really like. We're just ignorant of what God is really like. Um, and so, for example, in 1 John 4.18, this is what I'm talking about. We just don't understand what God is really like because we think that maybe he is, um, you know, he, he's, he's just waiting to get us. He's just sitting back watching us, just waiting for us to slip up and fall, waiting so that he can... He could do, you know, pounce on us. And in 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Okay? The one who fears has not been made perfect in love. Even reading the scripture, you understand the concept that Jesus is trying to get, get across to us, that, that, that how, how can love and fear exist at the ex exact same time? And the very first reason why we said Christmas is a time of celebration is because we established that God loves you. And if his love is for you, there's no reason for you to live in fear of him in the sense of, of dreaded fear, of punishment fear even in the Christmas story we see the angels who showed up before the, uh, the shepherds and what was the first thing that they told them do not be afraid do not be afraid the reason why they said do not be afraid Remember, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news. I bring you good news for all people. Do not be afraid. Why? Because Jesus has come to save us, not to scare us. Jesus has come to save us, not to scare us. So, God loves you. God is with you, and God is for you. God loves you, God is with you, God is for you. This is a great reason to celebrate. Amen? Is it not a great reason to celebrate? You want to talk about the reason for the season? Is not this, is not this a great reason remembering 
okay? That it's not this, this thing that, our, that, that our, our society has created it to be, that our marketing world has tried to push it on us to be. It's not any of those things, but it's a, it's a party. It's a birthday party. It's a birthday party for Jesus. That's what it is. And it's reason to celebrate. So maybe as we celebrate him, we can ask ourselves a couple questions. As we celebrate this birthday party this month, as we go in anticipation to celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus who came because he loved us, because he wants to be with us, because he's for us. Maybe we can ask ourselves these two questions. What from this past year are you thankful for God for? What has God done in your life this past year that you're thankful for? What are you thankful for that God has done in your life this past year? Do you know? Has God done something? Have you allowed him to work in your life when he's done something for you? And the second one is, since it's Jesus' birthday, what gift will you give him in this next year? What are you going to give him? What are you going to give him? It's his birthday party. I don't think that you can go down to the ATM, get $10 out, put it in a car. I don't think that's going to work. What are you going to give him this year? It's his birthday. What are you going to give him? He deserves something, right? I mean, because he gave it all for us. He gave it all for you. He gave it all for me. What is it that you want to give them this year? Life is always changing. And every year will bring something different. Every year is going to bring something different. And no matter what you're going through this year, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're going through at this particular moment, try celebrating the real reason for the season. Jesus becoming just like us. To show you that he loves you, he wants to be with you, and he's for you. Will you stand to your feet today?